We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Sooner Sports Podcast, the game plan on, yes, a Tuesday. Now, we're dropping it a little later because, T-Row, I wanted to make sure that we got the full Ginny Baranchek press conference, which, by the way, as we've already learned today, she just wants to be known as Ginny. How sweet is that? What a great hire by Joe C., huh? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It looks like he's uh, he's hit two home runs. Uh, as I look over Mitchell Park, I'm going to mix my metaphors here. <laughs> uh, but very impressive what uh, she did at Drake. Uh, her track record is, uh, you know, it jumps out at you. But from a personality standpoint and, and what you hear everybody who has been around her the last nine years there say about her. Um, it sounds like kind of a, you know, a Porter Moser situation where you, you've got high character, you've got um, high class uh, and the kind of people that, that uh, Joe Castiglione likes to surround himself here with the university of Oklahoma. So um, I'm very excited to get to meet her. I haven't had a chance to meet her yet. And I think she's going to do a, a fantastic job and, uh, I know everybody around OU women's basketball is very excited about the future. I am. I am too, man. It's 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 really cool to see. Now, you mix you mentioned mixing metaphors. Maybe we should point out as we tape this, you're getting set for a baseball game that was originally scheduled for four. Um, and maybe some of you, by the time you listen to this, the game's already in the books. But I uh, had an interesting weekend. Had a long weekend. Big. Uh, I, I think you said it best when you introduced Skip in the postgame show on Sunday. That's the way you like to finish a series in the rubber game to put 14 on the board like that. Fun weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, that was good. They needed it. You know, they needed to win the series. Uh, would have been great to get a sweep, but at the very least, they needed to win a series. And 
Uh, they got a Big 12 win now under their belts and kind of righted the ship. They took three of four last week. They had the dramatic comeback win on Tuesday night over Oral Roberts after being down 8 nothing after the top of the first inning and then fell down again on uh, Friday early to Kansas and was able to rally and win. So uh, that's good, three of four. They've, they've kind of just got to keep climbing the mountain and chipping away. The, the season, in many ways, has mirrored, unfortunately, a lot of their games in that they have fallen behind early. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the number right here. They've been outscored in the first inning this year, 43 to 19. So they've been outscored in the first inning, 43 to 19. Ooh. They have outscored their opponents from the third inning on by 73 runs. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when they've been able to, you know, survive the first couple of innings, they've been dominant the rest of the way. But those first couple of innings have repeatedly put them in holes, which is a mirror of kind of how the season's gone here. You know, they've, they've put themselves in a, in a bit of a hole here and, the good news is there is time for them to dig their way out of it in respects to trying to make the NCAA tournament. They've got, um, you know, just under half the season left and plenty of quality opponents remaining and a couple of marquee wins already in the bag. But it's a matter of going out and doing it, uh, you know, night in and night out. And now weekend, you know, every Big 12 weekend becomes very big. So, uh, the most important thing is to win the weekend, and they were able to do that last weekend, and, and now they've got uh, two with Texas Southern here in the midweek, and then we'll head up to Manhattan and see how they can do at Kansas State this weekend. Yeah, this is uh, going to be a fun series for a lot of reasons. Uh, Kansas State, by the way, kind of hard to figure out, T-Row, and obviously there's the Pete Hughes element there. Pete's done, uh, Is Ryan McConnell still with them, uh, helping him out, or, or did he move That's on? That's a good question. That's a good-looking right question. I need to. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking right now. <laughs> dig into that a little bit. Yeah. But what a hard team to figure out because they took two of three from Texas Tech, and then they just got smoked this weekend against Texas. So it's uh, and no. and by the way, those are Texas looks really good with the way things are coming together right now. But this Big Twelve's been kind of tough to figure out. Yeah, I think um, Kansas State. You're right. Kansas State's a little tricky. I think they have certainly played better at home which is where Oklahoma is going to have to play him. They've got a Friday night guy who's big time. He's probably going to be a first-round draft pick on the mound for them, and, and he's been able to, most weekends, get him out to a good start. Um, but they're a scrappy team. They hit a ton of home runs, and uh, they, they play in a ballpark that is conducive to that when uh, you got the south wind going, kind of like here at Mitchell Park. But the conference as a whole, I mean, I think you've got – uh, we, we near the halfway point here. This will be series four of eight this weekend. And you've kind of got four teams that have established themselves at the top or are starting to anyway in TCU and Texas and Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. And then you've got the other five teams that are kind of jockeying for position uh, below them, which Oklahoma is one of those right now. And I mean, my feeling is if they're going to make it into the NCAA tournament, they've got to be that fifth team and, and maybe, maybe even try to, you know, catch one of those top four. Um, but they've got the very least, they've got to establish themselves ahead of Kansas, Kansas state, West Virginia and Baylor. And right now they're, they're in a jumbled pack with those guys. So 
Uh, last weekend helped. You got a couple of wins over one of those teams. Now you get another one of those teams you're in a pack with this weekend in Kansas State. And uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's not going to be – Texas Tech was unable to get two out of three from those guys in Manhattan. So it's going to be a tough weekend, but they really need it. They really, really need it. Yes, Ryan Connolly, Director of Operations at Kansas State. There you go. So look at me, researching during the show. How are hey, you doing, though? Help me with my pre-research. I'm ready to go. Uh, hire me. Let's go. Um <laughs> How you doing, by the way? A, a lot of travel. It's kind of, you know, we, I, sometimes I find myself lamenting back on last year, and we just got done coming off a, about a 14-hour bus ride. How has the, the road been treating you so far, too? I'm doing good. I'm good. doing good. I am uh, uh, in 100% baseball mode right now, <laughs> but I am fully aware that in a week and a half we've got a spring game. Right. Uh, coming up in Norman, so I'm trying to uh, uh, set aside part of my brain to uh, to uh, think football, uh, football mode. And we got the huddle going on uh, every week over at Rudy, so been able to keep our toe in the football water. But now the road's been good. I love this time of year. I love the uh, pursuit for Omaha uh, and the pursuit for Oklahoma City for the softball teams. The weather starts to warm up a little bit. You can see summer in the distance. You know, I mean, it's uh, so. <laughs> This is a good time of year. I've really enjoyed getting to work with Blake Brewster uh, in the radio and TV booth here the last couple of weekends, a former Sooner baseball player from right up the road and more who we have added to our broadcast lineup uh, this season. And so always fun to get to uh, work with a new partner. And Blake has been uh, fantastic. He's a lot younger than we are. So he's got a lot. He's a, he, he's way higher on the cool factor, you know, than we are. So uh, I'm just trying to keep pace with him. And uh, uh, but life is good. Life good. is good. All right, uh, a couple quick ones, and I'll let you get out of here because we are going to tag the coach Jenny Jenny Baranchek press conference right onto the end of this, which is uh, which just happened, and we'll be able to kind of get to know her as as you do through this press conference, but Toby overall on baseball, I just wanted to throw one final thought on you. How skip feeling about the rotation? I mean, are we going to see maybe a, a few changes? How wide olds I know has been, been great at times and struggled at other times this season. What do you kind of see going forward with a team that lost all three of its starters last year? It's Friday, Saturday starters to the major yeah. league baseball draft, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think that, um, I think we could see a shakeup this weekend. I uh, I don't have any inside information gotcha. on that, but I know he was close to doing that last weekend and did not get a solid start on Saturday in the game that they lost. So I think there's a pretty good chance that that we could see somebody else start one of the games up there. I think you'll you'll definitely see Braden Carmichael. I mean, he's been a star for them and uh, got another win this week. He's five and one now and and. Uh, obviously was the one that went to beat Arkansas over in Fayetteville. So he's solid. Uh, I think Wyatt Olds has been a little hot and cold, but he's got such talent that when he's on, he's a big time, big 12 arm. And I think you'll see him continue to be in a starting role. I don't know about that other starter. And right. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing whether uh, they stick with Jake Bennett or do they try another guy? Do they try kind of a committee approach? There has been some talk that maybe he would use his closer, Jason Ruffcorn, in a starting role uh, or at least an opening role, if not, you know, four or five innings, maybe just a couple of innings to, to get off to a good start in one game. You know, those first two innings have been such a problem. 
So uh, I think that it feels kind of like maybe there's some tinkering coming up this weekend. Um, I don't think he was it was thrilled, obviously, with how Saturday went here. So we'll see. It's definitely one of the storylines going into Manhattan is they've got to get a better they've got to get better starting pitching and not from Carmichael, but from the other guys. The, the bats have been extraordinary. I mean, Tyler Hardman's leading the country in hitting. The team is kind of across the board offensively, top 20 in every category and, and top 10 in a, in a bunch of them. So they're scoring plenty of runs. They're getting plenty of offense to win games. Uh, and and when, you, when you go score seven, eight, sometimes nine runs in a Big 12 game and don't win, it's maddening, especially for a, a pitching uh, guy like Skip is. So I think he's uh, still looking for some answers, and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him shuffle the deck a little bit. No, it's, it's exciting, man. I love – I'm with you, man. We got OU Texas this weekend in softball. Uh, the, the rankings just That's came out. That's going to be great. Texas is seven. Of course, Oklahoma sitting at number one. This was the series that we were all counting down to last year when the season got shuttered. So – yeah, it's a great weekend for Diamond Sports, man. And I know you're busy, but we appreciate you still finding time for us here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday. All right, Plank. Sounds good. See you, buddy. See you, buddy. So there's 10 good minutes with the voice of the Sooners. Let's spend the next 30 minutes getting to know the new head women's basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma, Jenny Bronchek. This is, uh, it's becoming more familiar. And uh, here we are in uh, less than 30 days, right? In less than 30 days we have a full changing of the guard. And so as we sit here, and as you indicated, 25 years, it's been 25 years since an announcement of this magnitude for this program, and it could not be more exciting. Uh, here we stand, Lon Kruger, with Porter Moser coming in, uh, the legendary Sherry Cole, uh, and now we get to introduce our newest coach, and someone who we hope will be here for a very long time. We could not be more excited. Uh, we'll meet the coach in just a minute, but we have the coach's spouse, we have Scott here, and uh, we have their three children, uh, Eli, Jordy, and Hope. And I'm sure we'll get a bigger introduction of them, but we are so happy you all are here. I'm glad you found the Crimson and Cream and are already fully decked out. Thrilled to have you all here. So here we are, and as we reflect, before we turn to the coach, want to work on the past 25 years. What have we seen? Uh, a program that is in remarkable shape to go to the next level. As we look at the last couple of decades, what do we have? We have 19 straight trips to the NCAA tournament. 19 in a row, nine Sweet 16s and final of four appearances in 2002, 2009, and 2010. Uh, there are plenty of accolades, but as we walk through it, we have 21st team all Big 12 selections, including names everyone in the sport knows and well beyond it. Uh, Two-time All-American Stacey Dales, four-time All-American Courtney Paris, and of course Hall of Fame coach Sherry Cole. With this history, we have the perfect person to succeed, and we are so thrilled that you're here with us today. So let's talk about the coach's achievements. In nine seasons at Drake, she amassed 192 and 96 record and enjoyed a stretch of six consecutive 20-win seasons that included three straight NCAA tournament berths starting in 2017. Uh, this I found amazing. She coached her Drake teams to an exceptional 123 to 39 uh, season in the Missouri Valley Conference record, including, and this is stunning, a 53-1 mark over the 2017 and 2018 seasons. Her team won three regular season conference championships and two postseason tournament titles. Uh, she's led Drake to its highest ranking ever in the AP, 
uh, was named Missouri Valley Conference Coach of the Year in 2017 and 2018. Uh, coach, the coach has been an exciting brand of basketball and brings it to us, and I love this part as well. Uh, we want at OU not just excellence on the, on the court. We want excellence well beyond, and these statistics to me are, are really exciting. Uh, her teams have been leaders in the classroom as well. We talk about the student athlete and the full experience. Uh, her team, for six straight seasons, has been ranked in terms of overall combined average GPA in the top 10 in the country. That's stunning, right? Six seasons in the top 10. Uh, that matters a great deal. Uh, she's had players for a combined five academic All-Americans. And here's a part that speaks to the heart and soul. A lot of folks can say they're a part of the community. A lot of folks can say that they're engaged, uh, but the numbers don't lie. And regularly, her teams engage in over 1,000 hours combined of community service. That's real commitment, real engagement, real involvement. Uh, she's no stranger to the Big 12. Uh, she uh, uh, went to, uh, to Iowa, of course, and was a standout at Iowa, but then began her coaching career at Kansas State in 2005 and 2006, taking the uh, Wildcats to the uh, WNIT title, um, and uh, was also uh, with Colorado for a couple of years. Um, when we look at this, uh, this is the beginning of a new era. Uh, you know, Coach, Coach Baranchek, uh, Baranchek, she is, brings to us something that is extraordinary. How do you replace someone like Sherry Cole? How do you do that? And the answer is right here. We're absolutely thrilled to have you. Welcome, Coach. We're learning this mask etiquette at press conferences pretty quick. <laughs> it's, um, we said this last week, and it's really true. Uh, I want to thank the media that are here. You know, we've been seeing each other on Zoom for the last year or plus, and we really appreciate having something that we can do in person. So thank you all very much. Uh, if you indulge me a couple more minutes, there are a few others that I'd like to thank. Um, we want to thank our spirit squads, the Palm Cheer, Roughnecks, our mascots, Boomer Sooner and Top Dog. All those um, the last week have been making some trips out to the airport and over here for press conferences. Uh, we really appreciate you all doing that. Thank you so much. I not only want to um, compliment what our president, Joe Harris, just mentioned, but I want to thank him and the Board of Regents. Uh, this has been a unique experience for everybody. Uh, we haven't gone through this, as Joe mentioned, in women's basketball in 25 years and, and over 10 years in men's basketball, but I don't know of any school that has gone through this at the exact same time, <laughs> trying to replace not only uh, two legends, but find two great rising, if not already quantified stars in their profession. So, President Harris, I want you to know how much we appreciate your support, your leadership, your insight and guidance, and your willingness to be involved in the search and meet with our candidates as we, uh, I guess you could say, navigated you in and out of Zooms. <laughs> so thank you, and by uh, extension to our Board of Regents and our Chairman for all their support. Uh, we couldn't 
couldn't achieve these kinds of dreams that we have for the University of Oklahoma without having such great alignment with our campus leadership. And we're really, really fortunate to have that kind of leadership here. And finally, uh, I'd like to thank some members of my staff. Um, again, this has been a very unique experience. Um, we've embraced it. It's Oklahoma. So what? If we're the first ones, we wanted to do it the best it possibly could be done, and we think we did that. But uh, running these two search simultaneously, I really depended on my entire staff. Obviously, understanding of people um, throughout our department, but especially I want to thank Zach Selman and Armani Dawkins, my chief of staff, uh, Lindy Roberts-Ivy, our senior associate and our women's basketball administrator, um, Marcus Bowman, and uh, Larry Nafee for all his uh, inside in all the legal proceedings around hiring coaches. So again, um, as an athletic director, as anybody that's involved in leadership, you're really fortunate when you have good people around you, and I want to thank them for what they did to contribute. So um, just like last week with Coach Moser, who's here, by the way, thank you, Coach, and your staff for coming over, and, and I'd like to thank the players of our women's basketball team and th those of our men's basketball team that are here. That shows you what we're about here at Oklahoma and the kind of culture that we want to continue to enhance. Uh, but, but here uh, last week and this week, and you talk about you know, these new coaches, and they said, oh, you found rising stars. And yes, they have been that. But many that know them say, oh, no, no, There's, their star is still rising, that's true, but they're already a star. You know, the, the rising part kind of hedges, like we think they're going to be great. And those that are close to basketball, close to competition and watch these two individuals and Jenny especially, um, they, they see what they have been doing. Maybe now more we'll see. Um, we, we've heard all the exceptional accomplishments that have occurred since uh, Coach Jenny has taken over the Drake program and uh, they're noteworthy. And it's especially, um, especially exciting when you see a program that was you know, finding its footing and then somebody comes in and and uh, Sandy Hatfield Club is here, the, the AD that hired her at Drake, and a, a really great friend of Jenny's, Susie Burt's here, so we thank you and her family's here. Um, but you see, you see what you can do when you have the right people in leadership roles. It's not just about the basketball piece. You know, that is obviously critical, and that's how we'll be measured. But it's really the approach to the journey, and that's what makes this fit so wonderful. Um, we know that you know, through our talks how her view and her vision aligns with our culture. We, uh, we certainly were easy, um, easy to figure out that she was the right head coach for us. Um, there's no question that she has passionate. She's a very, very passionate person. We found that she's passionate about the mental and physical well-being of everyone in her program, starting, of course, with her players, but it extends to her staff, the support staff, everybody around the program. That's very important to her. She's very, very passionate about empowering young women, those that play for her and 
being connected to those women when they leave, hopefully prepared for what life holds for them beyond their basketball experience. She's very passionate about the journey her players have, going toward their degree, um, their contributions to the success of our program, and of course, you know, what we want to achieve in the future. As uh, President Harris mentioned, she's very passionate about the community and engaging in the community. And that's uh, evidenced by the thousands and thousands, you know, that came around the Drake program and now started filling the arena. And we want, you know, know and know that'll continue to happen here. She wants that passion that she has, she wants the fans to share in that too. It's very real, it's very human, and it's very authentic. You know, the, um, the thing that you know, I'd like to be able to say too is that uh, as, as President Harris mentioned, when we got out into this search, you know, we found how people really thought about the Oklahoma program. They see the University of Oklahoma program as one of those that some people term a blue blood. They know from the banners that you see here, the final four appearances, the consistent championship performance, the way the women have succeeded in our program, gone on to the WNBA. They know this program has been successful. It became the type of program that many others pointed to and wanted to emulate and used to grow their own programs. And that helped us. And so I want to again extend our thanks to Coach Cole, the staff that have been here through those 25 years, and every single player that put on the uniform to lift the visibility, the success, and you know, really the prominence of the Oklahoma program. I can promise you that it made our search very, very special. And it ended up with not only getting to welcome Coach Jenny, uh, but a family that is extending as we speak, and we get to meet more and more of them. So on behalf of all of us here at the University of Oklahoma, on behalf of our president, on behalf of our University Board of Regents, I want to now ask you to join me in welcoming the next great coach of the University of Oklahoma women's basketball program, Coach Jenny Boranchek. Now, now before um, you know, before we uh, turn the microphone over, I always. You know me, I don't like to do anything that everybody else does. You want to try to do something different. We tried this last, last uh, week. So we're not going to pull out the traditional jersey. I mean, what coach wears the jersey of their sport? I don't know anybody that does. So we, we're going to give you your first set of coaching gear. So there's a uh, coaching polo. We'll leave it here on the podium for you. There's your coaching whistle. Perfect. And of course, you gotta have, you gotta have the drip. You gotta wear the right shoes. 
you got to have the brand that is the brand of all brands, Jordan. And so we like to present you your first pair of Jordans. You're going to need these and probably quite a few other pairs in your days as an Oklahoma Sooner. Coach, we're so proud to welcome you to the Sooner family. I know a lot of you were shaking your heads. How did he know the word drip? How did he know that? <laughs> I'll explain it after. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jenny Baranchek. Well, you should have seen my son's face there when those were, were presented. And um, my daughter got taken out. So, uh, well, <laughs> hello, Norman. <laughs> um, Honestly, it is an honor and a privilege to be here, and I couldn't be more proud to be the head coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. This is a tremendous program with a strong foundation developed by a much admired coach in Sherry Cole. And I'd like to begin by thanking President Joe Harris and Athletic Director Joe Castiglione, I'm getting a little emotional, so I'm sorry, this means a lot to me, for entrusting in, the lead, in your leadership in leading this program. This truly touches my heart, and I couldn't be more proud to be able to be here. I fell in love with the game of basketball when I was a little sister, tagging along to my older sister's practices at St. Pius Grade School in Des Moines, Iowa. And back then, there were no girls' teams, and so I joined the boys' teams at the local YMCA. And I loved every second of it. I love basketball. And there's nothing better than being part of a team. Because when you're part of a team, you get to work together for something great. And we did that when I played at Iowa. We did that at Drake. And we're going to do that here. Go ahead and clap, Liz. Thank you. Thank you. You'll hear, me, you'll hear me talk a lot about love. Because for me, love is the strongest human emotion that we have. And I love this game. And I want every person that's associated with our program to not only feel that love, I want them to love it that much too. And that's the message that we've talked about as a team. I had a chance to do a Zoom call this weekend on Saturday with our team for the first time. And since that point, we've been able to connect again via Zoom. Uh, and we've also been able to connect one-on-one -on -one with current and incoming players. Because I really want to get to know them as women. And I want to get to know their families. And I want them to get to know me. And I want them to get to know my family. Because family is a huge part of what we do. And as we all know, you can't really get to know people that well on Zoom. And that's why these coming days and weeks are so important. I want to spend as much time as I can with each of these women. I want them to be so comfortable with who I am as their coach. And I want to talk about the expectations that we have for this program and for this place. I want them to know that I am so passionate about this. This game, this program, this team, each of them is women. And that's 
my main focus right now. I told them we're going to get to work, and I cannot wait to jump on the floor with them. And I know that in this interim, they've been in the practice gym, they've been practicing a lot, they've been working really hard. And we'll continue to do so, but we get to continue to do so together. These women have been fantastic in both meeting them virtually and about the five seconds we got to meet before we came down here. But I cannot wait to continue conversation with them. I'm not interested in comparison. We have to focus and keep our focus on going forward. We're moving ahead. And we'll honor the foundation that it has been built. And we're going to build on it. But as I continue to tell our team over and over again, the foundation that we will always have will be based on loving what we get to do, how we get to do it, and who we get to do it with. So my step, next step is to build a coaching staff that will not only maximize the talent that we have right now, it will also bring the next wave of Oklahoma Sooners. The Big 12 is a beast of a league. And there is talent everywhere. But our goal is to win championships and to compete for championships. Oklahoma has the pedigree. And we have the opportunity to do some really special things in this building and in this program and at this university and in this community. We have the support from this incredible university. And I know we have great fans here. I've been in this arena when it's rocking. And it didn't come out well when I was here the first time. But I can promise you that I am so excited to connect with all of our Sooner community. On campus, in this athletic department, Norman and the rest of Oklahoma. Because we are all part of this Sooner community. And in closing, I just want to thank those who have supported me in the past, and especially my family and close friends. A special thank you to my mom and dad that are here today, aunts to my kids, Susie and Sandy, and my husband, Scott, who's somewhere with my daughter, Hope, and Eli and Jordy. You'll see a lot of my family here. Whether you'd like it or not, and whether they're in your seat or not, or whether they're running around the arena. But you know what? When we do something, we do it all together. We're always all in, all together. Boomer, Sooner. Okay, thank you, Coach. We'll move to the press, uh, press conference portion of the event. Um, I have a list of media who have requested to ask questions. And we do have microphones today, so um, everyone can hear the question. Please wait till that arrives. Our first question today will come from Joe Bettner of the Norman Transcript, and then we'll go to Jenny Carlson. Uh, congratulations, Coach. Come to Oklahoma, and 
who initiated the contact between you and, and the program, just knowing that the job was open? And if you could also, if I could also ask, just how tough was it to leave your home in Iowa? Yeah. Yeah, great question. Basically just asking about the process of being able to come here um, and leaving my hometown. And, you know, honestly, uh, when Sherry Cole retired, the first thing you think about is what she meant to women's basketball and obviously what she meant to this program. And so to have conversation with, with, the, um, with a lot of people in terms of my family, but also obviously with Josie and his committee and the search, um, search committee, um, you, you fell in love with the people. And, you know, I'm from Des Moines, and it was hard to leave Des Moines. I grew up there. I grew up as a coach there. Um, but then I saw, it's Oklahoma. And it's this incredible opportunity. And you look at those banners, and you watch the women that have come through this program, and you watch the women that are in this program. And then you think about the potential of the women that can come to this program and the impact that they can make. And to me, all possibility came out. And so that's really what really made me really want to come in and dive in. And I told Joe through the process, as, I, as we went along in the process, I fell in love with it. You know, I mean, I, I, I've watched Porter Moser. I've seen what he's been able to do. And obviously, you know, we were in, a, in the same league. And so to be able to watch him and see that, to work with somebody like that, um, is also a dream come true. Because when you have a group of coaches that support each other, love each other, and care about each other, and you have university and administrative support, then really great things tend to find you. And that's what's going to continue to happen here at Oklahoma. Okay, we'll go to Jenny Carlson uh, in the middle. She's with the Oklahoman. And then we'll go to Cliff Brunt. Yeah. Hey, Jenny. Um, we've read a lot about your style at Drake. Um, tons of assists, tons of points. You love to get out and run. How do you see that translating um, I know you've just met your players, but how do you see that translating with what you have, what you hope to, to bring in, and then into the Big 12? Yeah, well, I, you know, again, the first thing you do is you come and you coach your team, right? And then you recruit, right, to that style and that system. But I think these women really fit well in terms of the style and system that we will play. And we do want to get up-tempo. You know, obviously, we'll change up some things defensively, and we'll be very competitive. Uh, being competitive is a huge value as well. Um, but when you get to really play the game of basketball, right, it's never going to be my chess match. It's going to be them making reads. And so my job is to be able to teach them. But we do want to get after it. And in Oklahoma, again, you think about the, the background of basketball. There's a fundamental style of play that's really fun. And honestly, I want these women to love playing. That's where the assists come. That's just a byproduct of really them loving to play and loving to play together. So we will inst instill that. I also think it fits really well in the Big 12. I think it's unique to the Big 12, which I think is also great. Obviously, you have respect. There's a lot of different styles. There's Hall of Fame coaches everywhere. Um, but the style and the system will fit really well. These women will fit into the system very, very well. Versatility is a huge piece. Um, but we're definitely we're going to keep that style, expand on it, and go. Okay, Cliff Brunt with Associated Press, and then Mason Young. Coach, um, you know, Oklahoma and Baylor had quite a rivalry a few years back. Uh, in recent years, that's leaned a little more towards Baylor. How important is it for you to rebuild that rivalry and build the, the energy that would come with Oklahoma and Baylor maybe being at the top of the conference together? 
Yeah, well, I mean, Baylor's probably had the upper hand on a lot of programs in the Big 12 as of late. Uh, but honestly, you know, we're not, we're not going to go seek out playing Baylor. We're going to go seek out playing in the Big 12. So there's a lot of great teams in the Big 12. And so you want to compete every single day. One of the things that we really want to talk about in this program, we're not going to circle one opponent on our schedule. We want everybody to have to circle us on, our, on their schedule. And so we have to make sure that we're circling every single team that we play on our schedule. We want to be the best that we can possibly be every single day. And then the rest of that takes care of itself. But, but make no mistake, we're in, we're in competition with every single team. Okay, we'll stay on this side. Mason Young with OU Daily. And then we'll go to Dylan Rivera. Yeah, Coach, just was curious. You talked about having been here previously with K-State and seeing what the atmosphere was like here. Is that something that drew you back to this place? Is this somewhere you could see yourself potentially even then? Well, I, the fan base is honestly really what makes women's basketball, and it's grassroots, and it's being part of this program. And so to me, yes, there is potential to fill this place. There's potential for people to be part of this program. I want our women to be the best for this program that we can possibly be. I'm not saying the best in, I'm saying the best for. So whatever we can do for this community, that really creates a relationship and an open door for this community to not only come in the stands and cheer us on, but to actually be a part of what we're doing. And so yes, the potential to be able to fill this place and to be able to compete for championships is absolutely what drew me here and is absolutely what we want to be able to do here. Okay, Dylan Rivera with OU Knightley, and then James Hale. Yeah, Coach, uh, we mentioned how rare it was for OU to have two coaching searches at the same time, and then uh, you mentioned getting to watch uh, Moser's Loyola team. Mm -hmm. uh, have you had conversations with uh, the new coach, or have you uh, been able to catch up with him at all? And what have those conversations been like if you have? You know, we've had brief conversation, um, but I obviously have really high respect for him. And in fact, when we were when we were driving up to the arena and saw pictures, my kids said, "Oh, look, there's there you are, mom. And why is the Loyola coach on the on the building?" And so we had to say, "Hey, we're actually here together." And they were like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cool." Um, so he he is great. He's got great energy. He's so supportive. Uh, he has a daughter that plays basketball, and so I think that's something that's really unique as well. Um, and so I told him this, the five seconds that we've talked, there will be no bigger cheerleader than me, and I know that will be reciprocated. And um, I, I just, it, it's awesome. It's going to be an awesome relationship where we're going to support each other um, and help each other grow, and I couldn't be more excited about that. Okay, we'll go back middle to James Hale with KREF and then Barry Trammell. Coach Jenny, I'm, I'm curious about what you're looking for in your assistant coaches that you're going to be, be bringing in. Have you made any decisions yet, and what direction are you going in there as much as you can talk about it at this time? Yeah. Um, so there isn't a lot that we can necessarily talk about, but we have started some conversations, and so we're in that process. But really the overall general view, I really want to be able to diversify our, our skill sets, right, in terms of whether it's geography, whether it's what we our skill sets in terms of coaching. So how we'll put our coaching staff together will be really important. So we want to have different skill sets and different things. So. I like, I like people that are strong. I like people that would want to be a head coach someday. I want people that have experience. I want people that are really hungry. But most importantly, I want people to come here that aren't going to come work with me. They're going to come work for Oklahoma, and they're going to make Oklahoma great. And that's really what we're going to talk about in terms of a coaching staff. 
Okay, left side, Barry Trammell with the Oklahoman, and then Clay Horning. Yeah, Jenny, to what, I don't know anything about your history of how you recruited at Drake, but whatever that was, how do you have to change that at Oklahoma in terms of where you go, who you go after, how you go about the process? How, how, mm -hmm. how much of a change are you in for on the recruiting trail? You know, there'll be some similarities in terms of starting with in-state because I think starting with in-state recruits, there's a lot of talent here in Oklahoma, and so that's what we want to be able to do first. Um, obviously, we'll be able to expand as well. You know, with my background, we've been able to recruit all over the country, anywhere from L.A. to New York to everywhere in between. Um, and so I think that part will be a little different. Obviously, we'll, we'll expand the region a little bit, but at Oklahoma, you can also attract players from all over the country. So we'll start in our backyard first. We want people that want to come here that are very talented. There's talent here, right? But they, they live and die this, and they, they're born Sooners. Those are the people that we want. We want to open the doors for little girls to come in here, grow up here, look at these women and want to become them, and then actually take on that step later in life where they actually do become an Oklahoma Sooner women's basketball player. That's where we're going to start, but we'll continue to expand. So some things will be different. Playing in the Big 12, that's a different, that's a different level. So yes, we will be able to have access and be able to recruit at a higher level because we're at Oklahoma. Um, but in terms of starting home first, that's where we'll start. Okay, back left to Clay Horning with the Norman transcript and then Joey Helmer. Uh, you may have answered a question about in-state recruiting, um, but I guess I'm curious, do you want to put a wall around Oklahoma and keep the best players in here, conceivably even in town? Also, yes. uh, <laughs> also, transfers have gone out of this program for several years now, not many coming in. How do you keep your players and, and maybe pick off those that are leaving other programs? Now, what I would say to start is I am amazed at our incoming signees, and I'm amazed at the culture that is established here in this program that they waited. It was a long time for them to be able to wait and because they believe in something really special, and I'm really excited. Um, I've talked to them about that, and I'm excited what we can continue to do. The only thing that I can control is the culture and to be very intentional about the culture. And like I said, our culture is gonna be based on loving what we do, how we do it, and who we get to do it with. So that's something that we want these women not to be bought in, we want these women to be all in. So that really is where you want these women to be able to want to come and to stay. Um, in terms of transfers, um, yes, the transfer portal, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a whole new element in our game. Um, I think this year it's also a little bit different because of the, the COVID restrictions and the COVID protocols in terms of allowing another year or things like that. And so it will level out at some point. Um, we'll navigate that for sure. Um, but I also, we also are going to bring in women that want to come play at Oklahoma and that want to be part of something special. So that's really where our focus will be. Okay, we'll go to Joey Helmer with OU Insider on the right and then Ryan Chapman. Yeah, Jenny, first off, congratulations. Um, something that Oklahoma as an athletic department has done really well is kind of the support across the board. And all the programs have, you know, quite a few of them have been successful and have had that support from different programs. Obviously, the basketball programs here for you today with Porter and Company. What does that support mean to you? Well, that's huge. I mean, that's why that's what makes Oklahoma so special. When you're talking about when you talk about wanting to be able to compete for conference championships and national championships, 
You can't just throw that out there unless there's people doing it. And there are a lot of programs here in Oklahoma that do that on a very consistent basis. And that's a lot because our administration is so consistent, right? I mean, we have high level character in places in, in high up, whether it's university president, whether it's athletic director and their staff, um, but that's what creates this. This isn't just a coach comes in and does something. This is high level commitment by a university and administration. So that's again what makes this place so special and what makes us able to be able to do what we want to be able to do in terms of competing for those conference and national championships. Okay, we'll come over here to Ryan Chapman with SI Sorry. Sooners. And uh, if you do have another question, raise your hand. I think we can squeeze in a couple more. Hey coach, welcome and congratulations. We've talked about the uniqueness of bringing you and Porter in at the same time, but also both coming from the same conference. What is that kind of, um, what about the Missouri Valley Conference of that region of the country has allowed the, that to be such a fertile breeding ground for the next generation of coaches and, and players? Well, I'm not sure how happy the Missouri Valley Conference is right now, um, but someday they will, they will. Um, no, in all honesty, I think, I think what you can do in the Missouri Valley Conference, at least for us, and I think uh, Porter would probably say the same, is that you can schedule at a high level in the non-conference, and that makes a big difference in terms of being able to really build and produce winning basketball teams. So, you know, we've talked about scheduling in our non-conference as well. We want to be able to schedule some great teams. Obviously, the Big 12 is the Big 12, and so they will, this schedule will be a little bit different than the Missouri Valley, but I do think that there's a commitment level to basketball in that conference. And I think that's what both Porter and myself have both benefited from. Um, but again, we could not be more excited to be able to be here and to be able to have this be a place that is full of people cheering on Oklahoma. Okay, we'll go back to Jenny Carlson with the Oklahoman. Hey, Jenny, you uh, referenced your family in your opening statement and kids running everywhere and everything <laughs> like that. Um, we, we saw that when Sherry was a young coach here. Our kids have obviously grown. but. What is, what is the place of motherhood and, and being a, a wife, and how does that sort of mesh with just what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, there are hats you can never take off. You can never take your head coach hat off. You can never take your mom hat off, right? And so I think what you want is to be able to see, one, we're not perfect. We're, we're, we're right there with you, and yet we can be strong and confident and convicted in who we are, and they can see that. I think it's really neat for my children to be able to grow up in this environment, to be able to be with these amazing women and to see these amazing women. And I also think it's really important for them to say, hey, if you want to do this someday, no matter what it looks like, it's not always going to look pretty, it's not always going to look great, but it's real and it's authentic and it's powerful. And so that to me has been such a neat message in terms of what we get to do, but it's real life. There's no, there's no show in any of it, clearly. We've lost our whole front row. My daughter's still here, so. <laughs> Welcome back to Joe Bettner in the front row and then Barry Trammell. Just, just want to ask, as a, as a young assistant coach and carrying that into being a young head coach, what did you learn along the way of those stops that you had as far as uh, the, the mentors you had on the coaching staffs you served? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of mentors. I've been so lucky to be able to be at, at, at such great programs in terms of whether it was with Deb Patterson, um, you know, just the way that she carried her values at, at Kansas State, I think going and I was at Marquette in the Big East where the old, old Big East, um, where it was, you know, it was, a, it was a power five kind of program. 
um, at that point. And again, to really talk about individual play in terms of what motivates each one of these women. I was able to go at Colorado and obviously have, a, you know, go in where we weren't at the top. We were at the bottom and kind of had to work our way um, in the Big 12 and then went to the Pac-12. And so I was able to, I was, one year we were the Big 12, one year we were the Pac-12. Um, and then really to be able to take all of those and then be able to really implement what you want. I think the biggest lessons are learned are be real, be authentic, be who you are. And that's a message that I want to make sure that each one of our women know that it's not just okay to be who you are, it's an obligation. We have to be who we are on an everyday basis. And to learn how to compete and what that means. Competition, the true form of competition is to strive with, not against. So our job is to show up every single day to the max that we can possibly show up and to give our best and have that same expectation for the person to the right and to your left. And to have fun. That, that's what we want to do. Again, I, I want them to have smiles on their faces. We're going to work hard. We're going to dive on the floor. We're going to do all those things. But we are going to have fun. We are going to love playing this game and we're going to love playing together. So those are probably the main things that I've been able to take away over the years. Okay, a couple more questions. Barry Trammell and then James Hale. Yeah, Jenny, you're too young to have experienced this. You may be too young to even know it existed, but Oklahoma and Iowa were the last two states. Oklahoma played, was last. And we were last, 1995, but that played six-on-six -six basketball. Yeah. And um, clearly both states have done well with, on the collegiate level. Iowa State's built a, you know, a great program over the years, Sherry. What, what is it about the two states that you see similar in, in terms of their, gra their, their grassroots and their tradition of girls basketball, even if we look back now and think of it as antiquated, but at times it was also a sort of pioneering girls basketball. Yeah. What do you see as similarities in the heritages of the two states in women's basketball? Mm -hmm. One, I'm not too young for it because I do remember. Um, but two, I think the biggest thing is the fan engagement. I mean, you talk about both states and that sport, six-on-six six basketball really engaged fans, and so then they started to fall in love with the game of women's basketball. So that's, again, where you really start to talk about building that community. So that, to me, is the first one. The second one, and I think this is a little bit more unique to Oklahoma than it is even to Iowa, is because of, and really because of geography, uh, but the fundamental play, right? So the fundamental play, but in Oklahoma, you also get to mix a different level of athleticism as well to that. And so that's what I'm really excited about to kind of put that together. In fact, some of the drills that we still work on every day, we work on some intuitive play drills. So to me, I want them just to continue to play, be basketball players, right? So we'll leave some time in practice every day just to be intuitive. And one of the things that we do is kind of a, mate, a version of six on six. And they, you know, a lot of questions when you first start is, wait, what do you mean you can't cross half court? What do you mean you can't do this? What do you mean I have to be defense the whole time and then I get to be offense the whole time? So there is, there is some of that um, in terms of the fundamental skill sets, but the fan engagement of being able to watch that fundamental play. Um, part of that is, you know, obviously there's, you do a lot off the bounce, but you also do a lot off the pass and making reads without a basketball. And so I think those are some things as well. And James Hale, back middle. You know, you know, Jenny, it's interesting. You, you take over this program this year because both of you ran into COVID problems, uh, short rosters. You played in your tournament game with only eight players, and I know your team played heroically and things like that. Well, the Sooners, you know, got hit with injuries and everything. There were times, well, the last 10 games they had seven players, sometimes six, and they played so heroically and actually played better than anybody that, you know, could come through. Uh, when you... I'm just curious, when you take over a, a group that played so hard 
and really wants to win for this program. How does it make you feel that you're taking over a program that no matter what they faced last year, whoever could play showed up and played as hard as they could? No, I think that's that's part of the DNA, right? That's part of that's part of when I'm talking to these women and I say, just tell me something about you. And about half of them say, I grew up wanting to come here. That's special. So when you put that jersey on, you're not just putting that jersey on to just go play in a basketball game. You're putting that jersey on to play with your team and you're playing for a bigger picture. So then the playing hard, it's not something you do. It's just part of who you are. You step across those lines and that's just what we do. So I, like I said, my, my favorite thing of this whole thing is just to go connect with those women, and we're going to continue to do that, and we'll get on the floor. Um, that expectation obviously won't change because they're not going to let it change. And so when that's an expectation from them, then you're going places when we continue to add some more elements. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.